you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. Waiting for my man. Oh, wait, wait, what am I thinking? That's, that's kind of like a... That would be like a Portland bottle of wine. I, I, I got a... I'll show you what a Spokane night bottle of wine. That, I'll show you what it looks now, This is what happens when you haven't played in a place since... Uh, you know, and when it's in your own state and you haven't played since 1992 or 93 or something. If you're gonna wait that long, you, you, better, you better come back big. It's a full glass in every sip, my friend. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking Cameron in the truck. Four Legs, a definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. And this whole month, we have been paying homage to the Deep website. If you haven't checked it out yet, deep.pearljam.com. They released entire bootleg collections of the 2000, 2003, 2008, and 2013 tours, plus the lead show from 2014. And it's been a tremendous experience being able to have all these bootlegs at your grasp on Spotify, on Apple Music, and be able to listen to them just anytime you want. This is comes so much further than being able to, you know, on iTunes having to save uh, and and transfer over all your MP3s onto your phone. Like some of my favorite shows are in 2013, which we're about to talk about right now. And literally, it's on my phone. All I gotta do is open up Spotify, listen to it any any time. Or you open up the deep website, listen to it any time, make your own playlist. It's been a fantastic experience, and we've been lucky enough to have worked on it and written the reviews. So we figured to pay tribute to all of that, that that's gone on. We're going to keep talking about the years 
that are focused. So you can, if you have Spotify, if you have Apple Music, if you want to use the deep website, 2013 Spokane, well, that would be the show that we're talking about today that you can go and uh, and listen to either right now, you can you can leave and go listen to that right now, or uh, wait until after the show's done and see if we actually made good on all of our thoughts and critiques of the show. This is also a, a hometown series show, which... I don't know, it kind of makes sense, but kind of doesn't. We'll get into that in a sec, but Randy Sobel over here, John Furrer over there. Hello. Hi. So I, I just said hometown series, and this is a Spokane show. Spokane isn't really hometown per se, but it's Washington. It's Washington State, so it kind of it kind of fits. Yet, we I don't know if we're like kind of broke some like deep-seated rule or anything, but we kind of went out of order in this chronology. But I think for the deep... Uh, project that that that's out right now. I, th- I think it's okay that that we kind of went out of out of order. Yeah, it's it's hometown adjacent. So and you know and we made the rules so we can break them. That's that's true. And you know of course the Key Arena show from 2013 could have been an option here. And I thought if we were going to break the rules, break one and kind of like half heartedly do it because Spokane isn't really hometown but it is hometown so it would make sense if, if we broke the rule with key arena here then it would just kind of seem like all right we're who, who the hell knows what we're doing but we decided on spokane which is a great idea and it was also a patreon request from matt Schulfer. so thank you for uh for matt for requesting this last year however long ago that you requested this we're finally getting to this unfortunately we did not get a story from matt but hopefully if we do get one from him in the future we'll be able to share with you guys right on the show so this is uh this is interesting and this has been brought up in what we're going to talk about in this episode today uh this is the band's first appearance in spokane the second most populous city in their home state of washington since 1993 that is a long delay and you have to think other places in Washington like the Gorge and uh, Bellingham and a couple other places they they were able to get shows well before Spokane and some in some cases on multiple occasions yeah I think it's just a matter of it you know getting overlooked because obviously Seattle is such is so dominant in in their history they're like yeah they're, they're gonna do Seattle so many venues then, you can do yeah yeah exactly and then but yes i mean it's it's an easy thing to do to j- jump right in there and this is the show you know right before you know they they did a couple up in canada and then went down so we're getting near the end of this uh this 2013 tour but yeah this is uh that's surprising that it that it took 20 years think of all the all the weird places they played in in 1998 and 2003 and 2006 yeah. so yeah, it was about time, and the crowd's up for it. They they're ready after twenty years. Absolutely, and uh, what you know, what goes along with the crowd here is that this show, uh, the set list is curated by Steve Gleason, who was born in Spokane. And uh, if you remember, we did this episode oh uh, eons ago, uh, the Voodoo Fest episode, which is a very good show and a very good episode. Um, but Steve Gleason created the set list for that. So it kind of, you know, this is 2013. He's, he had an ESPN documentary that was out about him that, that just featured what his life was like after pro football and, and battling ALS and his relationship with Mike and relationship with Ed. And then it it went in a little 
little deeper uh, to some personal stuff with Eddie as well and personal stuff with Mike as well. And uh, this is, you know, this was around the time that I think a lot of people started to kind of know who Steve was and learn about him. And he kind of became a part of this family around this time. Oh, yeah. I knew who he was because I watched that game. Atlanta. I was a Falcons fan. He blocked that kick in your life. That's right. Oh man, that they built the statue for him. But I mean, this one, you know, you get <laughs> Jeff. It. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff and Mike are uh, are wearing the D- defend team Gleason shirts. That's a nice touch, and you get to see him on the video. But yeah, I was I was surprised that there was uh, there's no inside job. Spoiler alert: he didn't he didn't pick his favorite song for this one. Yeah, um, that's uh, I, and maybe he was just trying to differentiate between yeah. the two shows because there there aren't a lot of outside of some of the hits, there aren't a lot of the same like rare songs. Like he, uh, yeah. they did in my tree at voodoo fest. Mm-hmm. They did, um, oh, did actually you have to remind me. Yeah. Right. And the second song in uh, the severed hand, I think was played at both of these shows, which, which is very yeah. interesting. And seven lightning bolt songs in the main set. He must yeah. have been a fan. Yeah. Right. I, like it kind of fit in with, with uh, what was going on like festival wise and kind of how they do curate festival sets. But this kind of felt like he was able to almost let down his hair a little bit and kind of give you more of the fan service song. You get stuff like faithful and tremor Christ in this show. And then way later they make some, uh, they make some changes and you get some really, really deep cuts, but this feels, this kind of gives you more of a sense to me, at least, like these are the kind of songs that is Steve Gleason, like the hardcore fan choices. Yeah, interesting. Well, we'll we'll have to we'll remember that as we go through. We'll try to pick out some. Sure, absolutely. So I don't have too much else. Kind of, you know, you know what was going on in 2013 Lightning Bolt tour. We we haven't done any West Coast Lightning Bolt tour stuff before, and the last time that we did any like real lightning bolt tour stuff was that voodoo fest show that we did. It was well over a year ago. So we haven't really talked about this tour in a while. However, I think it is kind of interesting to bring up the 1993 show. This was, uh, the Spokane show that they played in June of 93. And this is kind of, this is random. They they didn't, they weren't on tour. They kind of did Missoula the day before. And I I guess Spokane was kind of, used as a, another tune-up kind of show, but there's there's a set list. However, if you look on Five Horizons, the set list is very obviously faked, and I, I didn't catch it at first. I looked, I'm like, oh, I didn't know there was a set list because it, it looks exactly like how a 1993 set list would look. However, you go down, you're like, okay, don't go, animal whipping. Never heard of Whippen before, Disodent, and for some reason, Brother is in this set, which is probably highly unlikely in 1993. So there was a, a Forge set list uh, that was created for this show, and even even though it is fake, they, they posted it on the website, probably as a little bit of a laugh, but there's only one song that they seem to kind of keep and remember. There There's no actual set list remembered for this, but there's one song that they have, and that's Jeremy, because why? Do we want to? Do we want to spoil it? Can we let them figure it out? Because it comes up again at this show. I was gonna save it for the for when we get to it. Let's let them wait. All right, let's yeah, let them wait. Gonna for be, that. This is gonna be. This is gonna be an interesting one. Yeah, that there could be some. There's gonna be some ups and downs in this one. <laughs> 
<laughs> to say the least. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm not going to spoil stay, stay anything. Tuned. Stay tuned. But if you know me and you know the set list, then there's something definitely combative in this. So, uh, there's, if, if there's a couple of things. It could be, it could be a couple of things. Um, there's, I'm thinking about one thing specifically. I didn't really have a problem with much, much else in this set list. Hmm. There, I mean, there's, there's ob- the obviously big thing to take out of this is like, okay, you know, I have long hair right now. So, uh, maybe if I got dread la- dreadlocks, I, I can, I can get the same treatment at one of these days and finally get brain of J off my card. But, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, like that's a fun moment that we'll obviously get to, but there's not, this is a good fun show. Like, I think we should just hop in as yeah. we say, let the show begin. <laughs> Pendulum into release into sirens. And you'd have to think that because they opened up that Voodoo Fest show with sirens, using it early in this set, the kind of the same way, that's sort of a nod to Gleason, but also release being in here, I see that as as kind of a redemption for, for Gleason not being able to get that in the Voodoo set because they, they did open with Siren. So I, I see that as, as Gleason thinking ahead and being like, this show needs release, especially when you think of special moments and the location that they're in. It's been 20 years since they had played their proper. I think they need release. It's interesting, and it's, you know, Pendulum into release into Sirens is a little weird to me. I think you, you take the bite out of release a little bit by sandwiching it in between these two maybe that's just me but i think release it needs more of a focus it needs to either be the first or the third one i think because i think when it's when it's first it's such a such a big thing to hit right away when you that's the first thing you hear or even release into something like a corduroy or when when they'll do something like a last x or a savior or a hail hail something into that punch that, that gets you out of that section but this kind of this kind of like it didn't really jump out at me being stuck in between these two. It kind of lost something, I think. Yeah, I want to say one of those Brooklyn shows that I went to this year. I think they went Pendulum release, Elderly Woman or Nothing Man. I can't remember which. I, I think it was Elderly Woman, but that's definitely not one of the releases that I've seen that sticks out. I will say that it wasn't it wasn't bad per se. There wasn't. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was you know obviously happy to hear it anytime, but out of the six or seven times that I've probably seen it, it probably has the least impact. So you're on to something there, especially like sirens following it. It's not, and I don't want to make the comparison to the Voodoo Fest version, but it doesn't have that same emotional impact that like Steve Gleason was on stage introducing the band the band comes out they open with a song that they is basically brand new but it's emotional heartstring song here after release it's like okay here it is and it doesn't really feel it doesn't have that identity yeah we talk about how 
Ed is so good at, you know, making these waves in the set list. Like, it builds and it builds and builds, and then there's the crash and the release of, like, a, like an even floor, or a given to fly, or do the evolution, or something like that. And release, it kind of, like, it kind of loses a little bit of weight when you follow it up with Sarns. Like, it needs something that's going to keep building and keep, like, keep that emotion weight going. And Sirens just doesn't do that. I think it's, it just, it, yeah, it just kind of like fell flat for me. And at this point, they weren't doing any of the extended uh, with the crowd yeah. or anything like yeah. that. Like it didn't, it didn't have its identity live yet. But yeah, it was it, it definitely a little bit weird. But you know what? I'm sure, like you you said something about Ed. It was you know Ed's waves and ebbs and flows in the set, but. It's a Gleason set, so you know they're just gonna say, "All right, whatever you want, man. Yeah. Like this is yeah. this is all you, and we're going for it. We're gonna try it." But after after Sirens, there's a huge ovation. The crowd seems to really enjoy it. And Ed asks them if they're warmed up. Let's get it on. Here we get into the juice. We get Corduroy and Once back to back. Great Corduroy burst through, gets the show kicked off. Really feels like that's the kickoff, and and Jeff and Mike especially are vibing together, feeding off each other's energy. Mike is running around stage; he's really hyping up the crowd in Corduroy. Powerful, powerful ending. Once is fantastic. I just want to throw that out there. The like, I don't know if it's accidental that Ed just kind of because there there was something that happened. He wanted to take a swig of the wine bottle, and. While he was doing that, he's like, you guys, you guys sing. You guys sing. by it and it kind of very early on kind of shows you what kind of crowd this is going to be for the, for the night I, I really enjoyed uh, hearing it in these two definitely yeah once is one where you definitely feel the, the crowd participation going in and, and yeah once is, is a unique song because I've talked about it before like I prefer the, the 2010 versions of once to the, to the 1991 1992 versions I think it, it kind of lost some of the, the kind of Aerosmith butt rock feel that it once had no, no pun intended. But I think now it's become that one where the it's become more of an anthem for the crowd. You know, everybody gets through the fist bump once, and he, they really play it up. And I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's I really like these versions. I'm, you know, it, when sometimes when we do those early '90s shows, once comes on, and I'm like, eh, doesn't really do anything for me. But yeah, I, I'm with you. This was a great one. Corduroy too, especially. Um, Ed has a little trouble with the intro. He's kind of know if he's like trying to play it too fast or something but he kind of like he fumbles with it a little bit but it picks up at the end like Cameron especially and Jeff like you mentioned very very good one more thing kind of to to tag off of once and saying that just the crowd is just really into it pumping their fist you get Ed the fifth song in the set Ed's asking for the lights to see the crowd like that's pretty freaking impressive that's you know you're doing something right and Matt was also a little something extra in the final section of wants too that just made it a little bit different kind of just a little little bit of a, a different pattern to it so good stuff good way to open up the show and ed very surprised addresses things and says it's really happening we're here in the 509 none of this would be possible without the diligence and persuasiveness of the guy on my right mr jeff amen who put this all together i actually looked 
to see if there was more of a story about this. And I couldn't find anything, unfortunately. Hmm. So if anybody knows the story about like how Jeff pushed, if, if there was an interview with a local Spokane newspaper, pass it along. I would love to know how this kind of came about because I'm sure, you know, they mentioned later that Jeff invited a bunch of friends that, uh, that were from his hometown at big Sandy. So this is, this is very much like a Jeff curated show, which is very interesting. Uh, but Ed references his bottle of wine. It's a small Portland bottle of wine, which I believe they played a night or two before we need a Spokane bottle here. And they pull out the giant novelty bottle of wine that looks massive and says, this is what happens when you play a place in your home state for the first time since 1993. If you wait that long, you better come back big. The bottle's there. Jeff, him and Jeff take a huge swig and he says, it's like a full glass in every sip. I'll share some with you later. And then we get to a nice little chunk of set here. Lightning bolt, mind your manners, faithful and tremor Christ. Lightning Bolt is really cool because obviously you get this early and kind of a nod to the crowd that towards the Great Northwest line, you have to have that in there. Like that's, and you could hear Ed just like kind of shrieking his voice just a little bit more, putting a little bit more emphasis oh, yeah. on he's, that. He's going very, for very it. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, extra, extra emphasis on that one for sure. She holds your love, did this a couple times with combos in the show and looking up stats on combos uh lightning bolt and mind your manners back to back in 2013 out of the 25 shows that they played 18 times back to back so if you were keeping score at home that was pretty much that was that was uh the common set list thread I, I think every time I saw them in 2013, I think that's what happened. So Yeah, I would have even thought it was more than that. I would have said 21 or 22. Sure, right, yeah. And, and that just kind of goes to show like how much they differentiate their set. And think, too, that, like you said, there were two Brooklyn shows. Two, two Philly. Yeah, so a lot of that, they, they, were, they pretty much did it probably in every city. Yeah, yeah, right, sure. Prior to Faithful, Ed's reaching out with his massive bottle and pour some some of that wine into the cups in front so like you said didn't take that much time to, to share with the crowd but he's he's already he's already sharing he's already sweating at this point that's how that's how hard they're going in the show that's a pretty good sign very early on and it was these versions like mind your manners was really cool it kind of had more of the sireny effect sound to it it kind of had like a, a little bit of like a muffled distortion at this point i was like Oh God! More lightning bolt! Like really, we're 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 gonna get four out of the first seven are gonna be from this from this record. That was that was getting a little bit tedious for me. But when when Faithful hit, it was like oh, okay, this is cool. Like here's a song that that I didn't expect to follow that because because you've gotten like like you got lightning bolt ten lightning bolt corduroy from Vitalogy ten lightning bolt lightning bolt so. To get us these these two here back to back was like oh breath of fresh air like oh faithful cool like we're doing we're doing other songs now getting into tremor Christ like what a surprise that was and and a really really good version like not one that they that felt like they were just going through the motions on it or just doing kind of the the karaoke version this was yeah. this was really good 
I was very surprised, and we've covered a lot of versions, a lot of different, and a lot of different eras of Trevor Christ yeah. lately. I think the last one we did was probably the Leeds one, where it was kind of down-tuned a little bit, but we were also doing a lot of 95, 96 versions of Trevor Christ, where it was Jack, and, you know, Matt's never going to hit as hard as Jack does, but he's going to fulfill that pace. That was here. I felt like this version had just about every little detail that you would get in the Jack era, except not that booming, booming power hits, but very, very good. You could put this in a 1995-1996 show and nobody would really bat an eye. It had a little bit of the groove to it. It had a little bit of swing to it, which is right? what, the, what the song needs. And that, yeah. it was, it was, it was a welcome addition to this let me say like this one where i was okay tremor christ like it'll be a 2013 version 2010s version but no this this really stuck out as, as something that was really good definitely a highlight and all of ed's vocal inflict inflictions like the uh the angels if they like that stuff all in this like doesn't usually do that in every version sometimes like you said it could be a little bit of a layup because they're uncomfortable with it unfamiliar with it and they haven't sound checked it but this is this is pretty on point this is a really fantastic version of this song very early in the set kind of it's and again another tee up for other great stuff to come in this set list and if if this is a gleason choice all hats off to, to him because that's it's a fantastic one that you're obviously not getting every night them one of the greatest bands to come out of seattle we should have made it here back in 92 but we're making up for it now that's a nice little touch that they were able to bring mud honey on this and and uh bring them to spokane because i'm sure that was probably part of the deal mud honey did i want to say like three or four of these shows probably the back half yeah. of this west coast because i know that they did the the key arena one i'm i'm pretty sure they did the canadian shows in vancouver and calgary i could be wrong by that but the last four or five i think they they, they were pretty much following around which is different because they didn't really have openers on this tour at all yeah this and we almost never talk about mud honey but you know people say oh you know pearl jam's the last of the the big four that are still around but mud honey's still around like give them mud honey's four and a half yeah give them credit they were there from the beginning like you look at you know they formed in their first record came out in, what, 87 or 88? So they predate, like, all of this stuff. I'm bummed that, like, you know, I, that, they opened up the show in, in 1998 that I that I went to, and I, I missed it, and, we'll, you know, that's a whole other story that we'll save for that episode. But I'm, I'm bummed that, I, that I've never gotten a chance to see them because, yeah, the, some of those records are great. Like, Mudhoney's a great band. They're a great live band, and, 
yeah, we they never get enough credit. Fortunate to see them twice at both of the PJ Twenty shows. So and it, it was great. It was it was awesome. Yeah. You know, it, obviously when you're kind of in an amphitheater, it's a little bit different than you know seeing them in in a pit or something like that. But uh, definitely great experience. Great great live band. So this whole part here, even flow into getaway. I was feeling stone on this version of Evenflow. How about that riff that he's got going on? A little bit shortened up, a little bit tightened up. When you go faithful to Trimmer Christ Evenflow, that gets him warmed up for that groove instead of going something like Last Exit or whatever. Pick another song that doesn't have that. You know, one of the, like a ballad, a dog, like a dissonant or something. Yeah. But coming off of that version of Tremor Christ where yeah like they it was tight like they sounded really good we're really feeling it yeah he's still going to be in the in the group there for even I think it rubbed off a little bit absolutely and what else are you going to expect from Mike on this finger tapping and Hendrix vibes and putting on a clinic yeah absolutely we also get a Cameron drum drum solo it's a banger it's not one of those that he did in 2006 that kind of had that like where it slowed down and then built back way back up it it had a little something of that but it, it was pretty straightforward it hit the cymbals as, as as hard as we can and 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 then groove back into the chorus great though like whenever you get a, a, a cameron drum solo especially like i said 2006 was the time you were getting them every night 2013 i think you were only getting them on kind of the special nights because there were some on that tour that i saw and some i didn't so very yeah, interesting it, it pops up occasionally we, we've done a few shows where it's been a surprise like like right. a random one from 2016 or a random one mm-hmm. from 2011 where it'll pop sure. up so yeah that that's cool that he that he still gets a gets a chance to pop that out whenever he feels like it uh following up we get another lightning bolt song but it's one of the more rarer I, uh, so to speak, Lightning Bolt songs, Get Away. And for a, for a song that doesn't really hit too well live, it's probably like on the better end than the worst because it just, it felt like it was more traditional with the album sound and they kind of made what they could of it live instead of kind of letting that, I guess, drop tuning go. Like, I, I think they made the most out of what they were able to get out of the song. And sometimes when they do it live, they're just kind of trying to recreate it. I, I thought that this was this was the best possible way that they can present Getaway Live. Huh. Do you not agree with me? This one, this one again, just had no bite to it, I thought, until the, the very, very end. It felt like kind of a kind of a letdown coming off of it. I don't, again, I'll go back. I can, you could tell this is not an Ed crafted set list. Like, right? It just, it kind of like, it just kind of, again, it just kind of fell flat. Like, it was like, eh, okay. When you follow Evenflow, you've used up your sirens. Like, sirens would be one that you would follow up on Evenflow. Daughter could have followed up on Evenflow. There, it really does. Right. Like, there are other songs either that can cool down or build you back up. Getaway maybe doesn't do either of those things. It's just kind of like tries to keep momentum going i think i think it did an okay job at doing that but i see where you're coming from you want something else and maybe the next song is what you kind of expect after it flow it's present yeah tense. it's kind of the opposite of what we talked about at the beginning where you had release in between pendulum and sirens and it kind of like loses something here you have getaway in between even flow and present tense 
I think it it kind of like it doesn't do the job of continuing the the momentum there. I think it's the the opposite kind of effect. So I think that's that's another one where I'm like, eh, yeah, it's just, it, yeah, like I said, it just fell flat. It kind of took me out of it a little bit. Momentum is very important, and uh, look, I, I think they I think they maintain it. I don't I don't think there's like a lack of momentum anywhere in the set, really, or at least maybe we'll get to it. But let's. Uh, Let's, let's see if we can talk that out. In between, and I want to ask you about this because this sounds like something that's right up your alley. First of all, <laughs> just the name of the documentary, Spokane Archie. Like, uh-huh. that's that's something, like, that's sitting on your shelf, like, bootleg somewhere, isn't it? I No, I was actually not familiar with it, but I'm actually really? looking at the website right now. You can go to SpokaneArchie.com. Okay. And I, I want to watch it. Evidently, the only place you can see it streaming is on this thing called Night Flight Plus. Hmm. Which is a night flight was kind of from the '80s. They used to have like kind of weirdo stuff, like late night stuff. But uh, yeah, I definitely, I kind of, I, uh, I kind of want to watch this. Like I, I'm probably gonna gonna seek it out and find it. Find it, and then maybe we'll do like a Devo on Patreon or something like maybe. that, and we'll we'll kind mm-hmm. of mess around with it. But yeah, I, I don't know what it is either. Apparently, there was a, a Spokane music scene and some, uh, some punk rock kids. It says, "Where were you in '82?" So it's kind of like the the story of the Spokane punk rock scene in the early 80s. Would have never thought. Would have never yeah. thought there was one. But here yeah. we are. Spoke anarchy. Uh, if when, when we know more, we'll share more. So uh, in, until we until we learn more about Spoke Anarchy, we do know a lot about present tense because we've covered it a lot of times. We've spoken very highly about it a lot of times, and uh, we don't have to go on a, a bootleg B-movie website in order to listen to it. We can listen to it pretty much anywhere, including deep.pearljam.com. But it this version is, is fantastic. You get the great crowd participation, Ed is passionate in this. Matt's rhythm is perfect. Like it's, I think this is, this is a good highlight from the middle of the set here. Like the build, fantastic. Uh, what more can you say about this version of Present Tense? Like everything, yeah. everything that you wanted to work worked. Yeah, and another, another chance for the crowd to kind of like show their stuff, and he, he kind of gives them, gives them another chance here. But yeah, very, very good. Present Tense, absolutely. Following up on present tense, the crowd is hot for one band member. That would be Stone Gossard. <laughs> Who else would it be but Stone Gossard? Yeah. yeah. And they're the it's the chant, let Stone sing, let Stone sing. Ed says he's all for it, but there's no way on this tour he'll ever sing a song. Ed lies sometimes, you guys. But every he's, time he he's asks... He's just trolling that crowd, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know that once the encore hits, they're going back there and like, okay, you've, you've been summoned. Br- bring him out. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, mm-hmm. let's see if we can bring out the demon. But he says every time we ask him to sing one, he says no. And he kind of eggs him on to do it right now. He's like, here, go ahead, sing one, do it. Oh, the, the video the video cuts to his you get a close up of his face and it's a combination of like embarrassment and <laughs> it's just the most adorable close up of Stone's face that you'll ever see. Like it's a classic Stone look. It's yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and you know what? I, 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 I know what you're talking about. I don't think I, I specifically remember the face from watching the video, but I like Hey, how many times have we done mankind and and don't give me no lip where the same exact thing has happened? That that is a a classic picturesque stone face. Yeah. So, 
of course, they need more time to sharpen the sword before slaying the dragon, but knows the challenge has been laid. Fans encourage him, and Ed signals that he thinks it's going to happen. So, uh, spoiler alert, anybody can go and look at the set list while we're talking right now and know that, yes, it does happen. We will be talking about Stone singing, uh, and a song that we've actually covered very recently. So, hey, coming back up. However, we get two right here, Swaddle and the Daughter, and... Um, I, I want to address Swallowed Hole real quick because there was something about this version or maybe that just kind of came to my mind that I didn't even think about. Is Swallowed Hole their attempt to recapture the same kind of magic that Unthought Known had? But it's not like it's it doesn't capture magic. It just doesn't translate the same way. Like, un Here's how I'll put this. Unthought Known, Mike has said this before, where he didn't love the studio recording, but when they played it live, he was able to feel something. He was able to feel something from the crowd. They were able to elicit a reaction from it, and that's why, you know, 10 years later, they're still playing it almost every show to this date. I think it's a very similarly built song. And while Unthought Known might be a lot more catchy, I think there are moments that maybe on the record they thought, hey, this could really work in a live setting, but I guess it just didn't happen. Yeah, that's interesting. And it occurred to me, too, that the titles have the same amount of letters. The first word is Swallowed Hole. Um, well, also, uh, the, the phrase Swallowed Hole is in Unthought No. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, because I was going to say this. I don't hate this song. Um, Neither do I. Yeah, and I've I've seen them play it, and it was good. And I wonder why they've only played it fifteen times. Like it, it never really got a chance. It yeah, it didn't get a chance. But also, like you can kind of tell with some of these, like what's going to capture people's attention, and you know when they're going to yeah. react, and somewhere in the middle of all this, when he's doing the down, 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 I. I guess he can kind of, like, especially after a present tense and then, you know, hit daughter afterwards, it just kind of gets lost. And there's no, there's no real way to sort of pick that back up and, and make it a highlight. Especially, you, know, you have 10 records at the time. Not everything is going to be a home run. I don't want to say this is a swing and a miss because I thought this performance was very good, but not the same kind of punch that like an unthought known as right and it, they, they only played it seven times this whole year out of those 25 shows and then you you haven't gotten it at all since 2016 right so, yeah and i don't that's strange that's strange because i wonder if they had played it more would it have turned into something because it's it's got that like i said it's it it is similar to unthought known. It's, it could have that same kind of build and that same dimension right. to it mm -hmm. but yeah that's Hmm, that's interesting. It's probably in the upper half of Lightning Bolt for me. Like a lot of people, like kind of forget about it, but it's it's not a bad song at all. Yeah, I I I don't hate the song and I don't like love the song, but I also weirdly don't feel indifferent about it. The, the thing that I think about when I think about the song is my my road trips going to all of uh, the 2013 shows and how I would listen to the album before going and just kind of passing by 
you know, the just kind of the dreaded highways and things like that, just on the expressways and seeing nothing but trees like that, especially in foliage in the fall, like that kind of reminds me of the song a little bit, but it's not one, and I don't listen to Lightning Bolt too often or too many shows from this era, it's just not one that really sticks. It doesn't have that staying power that maybe some of the other ones do. So I guess that I guess this counts as our appreciation for this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of right. We didn't shit on it, so yeah. You know, hey, here's a song that's not bad. <laughs> we know. Look, I, there have been people. I, I think Gabe is a really big Swallowed Hole fan. Huh. So there okay. are people that we know that that like the song. So. Like we said, yeah, we're not yeah. shitting all over it. Yeah. We're but just they, trying to. F- they sh- they should it out. play it more. I'll go out on a limb. They should play it more. I hope it comes back. I don't think they. W- I think it's kind of fitting in that like uh, force of nature, like speed of sound. Just maybe kind of. Yeah. That was that was from that record. We've moved on to a new record, sort of deal. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we have daughter here too, and uh, daughter is is good and has a really good build and a really good drive to it. Uh, Jeff, especially, you know, once you get after the song, Jeff is really driving that, that sort of the, the, the tag right there. And Ed, this is not really a very impressive tag. It's just some random call and responses and doesn't really go into the Blitzkrieg bop too much. He does like one or two times, but it's just kind of some noises and seeing if the crowd would repeat the same noises. Like, I don't know. It, it it wasn't as full as and as impressive as it's okay in WMA tags. It wasn't yeah. offensive at all, but it just wasn't wasn't a huge hit. I think he was distracted by some of the signs in the crowd. The sign, okay. Because we're gonna get we're gonna get to that right after this, and I think it's right now. Yeah, so he probably got distracted by thinking about some of the some of the signs that were going on there. All right, so let's talk signage here. Yeah. I mentioned earlier in this episode that in 1993, even though we had a, a fraudulent set list with Disodent uh, that was that was passed around for some reason, the only thing that we know about the 1993 Spokane show was that Jeremy was played, and that's because Ed, after the song, said, "Jeremy Spokane class today, get it, ha," and Ed obviously was not a dad then, but sees. <laughs> A sign in the crowd that says the same exact thing. Jeremy spoke in class today. Now, do you think that somebody knew that that was a thing and like had red five horizons that always stuck with them? And, you know, maybe they're a hometown person and, and that thought that that was funny. Or did somebody come maybe. up with that on their own? Maybe I mean, I, with with this band, I wouldn't put it past some of these crazy fans, ourselves right. included, to right. uh, to pull that out after 20 years. But it could have been something that that someone just thought of, like, oh, that's 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 their biggest song, like that that goes along with that, like this is our this is the this is our town song, and you've talked about that before, like yeah, some some <laughs> some songs are associated with with cities and towns, and we'll uh, we that might we might get to that in a little bit, but um, yeah, this is this can be like th- somebody's like this is our song, like this is our chance, so yeah, absolutely. And uh, we don't get it right here. We will get it in a little bit. But also, sees another sign. This is going to be important. We already mentioned it. We'll shave heads for a spanking. He then rereads the sign and says he'll shave his head if they play Brain of Jay. Ed kind of can't see him. 
and says, you're behind somebody. I, I can't see what you got. And then like all of a sudden he kind of moves his head. He's like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, there's your hair. Yeah, that dreads are very apparent. So uh, you've been thinking about shaving some, that shit for some time and you just wanted to find a dramatic way to do it. And uh, Ed kind of keeps that on ice. Like, let's let's think about that. Let's 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 go back to that later. And uh, there will be an adjustment made in this Gleason created set list. But uh, then he addresses this is something we've never talked about on the show before. And I can't wait to because this is fantastic. Uh, When he first heard Velvet Underground, it was back in San Diego. And we heard this thing. If if you took a banana peel and let it dry and scrape them for two days, you can get stoned off of it. But it didn't work. You have to. I think at this time, uh, they did a show in Baltimore earlier in in the the East Coast leg, obviously, and uh, that was the day that Lou Reed had passed, and they played uh, "I'm Waiting on the Man" in, uh, in 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 that show, and for most of this West Coast leg, it was Ed solo, and he brought in this kind of end of album ex- obscure song called After Hours. If you close the door, the night could last forever. Leave the sun shine out and say hello to never. All the people are dancing and they're having so much fun. I wish it could happen to me. But if you close, the door would never have to see the light again if you close the door the night could last forever leave the wine glass out and drink a toast never oh someday I know someone will look into my eyes and say hello very special one but if you close the door I never have to see the day again Dark party bar. it's not even a Lou Reed song Mo, Mo Tucker sang it so it's probably one of the more obscure and, and pretty much everything from Velvet Underground is pretty obscure but like it's I'm just going to say, it's a beautiful song. I, I really love this song. It's almost like, kind of like a lullaby in a way. Yeah, very, very good. And like I said, this was, it was just like a one week thing. They, they did it seven times, kind of at the end of this leg of the tour, and then they right. haven't done it since. And yeah, nice, like, kind of tribute to, uh, to Lou and the Velvet Crown. But they, they weren't kind of appreciated at the time, but everyone who listened to them started a cool band. It's like one of the things that like everyone, every cool band that you like cites them as an influence. They started in what, 66, 67? Yeah, going through around so them, you, you, you can, And then New York City, you can draw a line from them to like Suicide, to Talking Heads, Television, Television, yep. Ramones, mm-hmm. all that New York stuff, Sonic Youth even. They were one of the, the first like quote unquote punk bands. They were like so influential on everyone. They know the story, the famous stories. The the Ramones went to England, and everyone who saw them started a band. That's how you got the Buzzcocks and the Clash and the Sex right. Pistols and all that. But the same with the Velvet Underground. Like all those, all those teenagers who saw them in New York ended up starting bands, and that's how you got that kind of mid seventies, late seventies punk rock scene there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's 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 a crazy thing to think about, yeah. but it seems like they were the first thing that sort of had a life of its own after its popular. And and Lou Reed got popular afterwards, sure. and he put out solo sure. records, and uh, you know it became a thing. And obviously, Andy Warhol helped the whole thing because he was yeah. he was their tour manager, and I think they were playing like you know his private clubs and stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, fantastic. I, I love this little rendition. It's, it's just, you know, a nice little tribute. And, yeah, and it's, uh, it's again, it's something where they, you know, he could have done Sweet Jane. He could have done Pale Blue Eyes, but right. they, they go deep. and they, they find these deep cuts that really fit and really speak, like fit their style. Like, you know, we, we talked about it before with, with Driven to Tears and Know Your Rights and fortunate son and all these kind of like deep cuts that they go through they they don't pick the hits to cover right. he, they'll go and find find the deep cut that that's a little better so this is just another example of that it's very it, good it's a great example of it absolutely so then we have two more after that uh let the records play and i would think because he mentioned the records uh with you know all of us listening to velvet underground records i would think that that's kind of a a play off of that. And then uh, afterwards I go to the, the series collectors to, to play push me, pull me. So you're getting, that's pretty cool. Little section there, obviously another lightning bolt. This is a lot of lightning bolt already. It's kind of a sign that, all right, we're kind of done with the new stuff and we can move on, especially push me, pull me is kind of saying, all right, we're taking the set in a completely different direction. I had a false belief. I thought I came here to stay. Oh, but we're all just visiting. We're all just breaking like waves The ocean's made me but Who came up with love? Oh, push me, pull me, push me Pull me out Push me, pull me Push me, pull me Oh, if there were no angels Would there be no wings? Oh, just uh, stop Let me stop This is the punk rock version of Push Me, Pull Me yeah, I would love to hear this song someday. I, I don't mind it that they kind of change it up and kind of like you know buzz through it a little, make it a little easier live than it, than it was on the on the record. That doesn't bother me. It's, it's still great. Yeah. Two things I noticed. One that I just want to throw out there: Jeff's bass on I think "Let the Records Play" is the art from the Cincinnati 2014 poster. So check that out. It's the same artist that did the Brooklyn one. Um, and like mostly they do like little like abstract animals like owls and stuff like that and I think that's what this is Don Pendleton looks like that sounds familiar yeah okay interesting so just a little just a little thing I picked up on and, and it feels like they were starting to utilize it more as a poster artist uh, during that year uh, and then um, the other thing that I noticed was um, when, you, when you think about the lead show that we did a couple weeks ago, some of these real rare stuff, they did back at Leeds too. Tremor Grace, Push Me, Pull Me. They're going to do yep. uh, Don't Give Me yep. No Lip later. Interesting. Yep. Oh, there's one more thing. At the end of Push Me, Pull Me, there's some MFC style gnawing in this. <laughs> I did it. Couldn't you love it. the you you love the you love the na 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 nas. Oh, it's just an ode to my favorite record, and uh, I can't help it. You're right. Uh, ending the set, Jeremy, do the evolution porch. Yes, Jeremy spoke and 
blast today. singing it he kind of left it open to interpretation like is he singing it like that or is he not it sounded like he wasn't he wasn't playing it up at all i think he just did it the normal way but okay. you know everyone you know everyone in the crowd was so of course yeah I, I wasn't sure if he was trying to blur the line or you know not being obvious obvious yeah. without being obvious about it but i was ex- i was expecting to play it up and make a big thing of it but they really didn't no, yeah, no. I, I I thought it was gonna be more than than what it what it what it was. It was just kind of a sign in the crowd. Apparently, you know, this is Dad Ed era here, and but no, uh, decides uh, that's the crowd's joke. The crowd made the joke. He made the joke back in 1993, so he's gonna let the crowd have this one. And they got a great version of Jeremy too. I want to address uh, the end of Jeremy though. We never talk about that big. 12 string bass spotlight at the end there and that was a nice little moment for Jeff especially talking before about how he kind of made this show a thing and got this together after 20 years that 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 was kind of one of Jeff's little little highlights yeah they'll usually you know they'll usually dim the lights and give him the spotlight there and let him let him have his moment like yeah it's it's fantastic and that that 12 string bass sounds so good it does and yeah like yeah he's, he's got those like he's got that stack of like I think it's orange face and it sounds amazing just rings out and yeah it's, it's a really good night porch uh i mean these are just rockers like everything in here the the mic and stone jeff pieces all coming together on porch fantastic the energy is fantastic evolution has some really good shrieking vocals on it and uh crowd prompted to do the south american version to do the evolution which is fantastic great way to end the main set and and also you get kind of at the end of, of porch ed's grabbing a guitar and uh doing shining the light off the pick garden it so it feels like it's a big finish and uh and look ed throws up his guitar in the air and tries to catch it too so it feels like this is kind of a big moment and kind of preparing you for more later in the set so d- did you have anything on on uh evolution porch uh i did see jeff and mike doing their little communion thing during evolution yep. that was cool mm-hmm. but yeah porch you, you mentioned that that kind of the guitar reflecting the light off the thing i didn't even know that that was a thing but evidently we've covered a lot of shows where we you know we've been doing Wish the list uh, half full. yeah we've been doing the reviews i've noticed that that happens a lot more than i thought it did i think he was yeah i've never i've never thought of that as a thing but evidently he does that a lot around this time yeah, I thought it was more of like a 2003 thing because it feels like the time that I remember it most is is usually the the live at the garden show when he did it during half full and there there have hmm. been some moments in Wishlist where where he's done it as yeah. well. Yeah. So those are the ones that ring kind of in my head. But in this in this kind of modern day era, no, I I I think he just there's so much going on and there's so so many more songs to remember, so many more moments that kind of stick out to you. It kind of goes kind of unheralded a little bit. 
Yeah, so. but it's it's a, it's a cool moment. Like he's kind of probably he's probably shining that thing like up in the up in the back and up in the top right. row. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a trying cool to see moment some for people. people. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. All right, we are at the encore here. Let's pause for station identification. Talk a little bit about what's going on over at Patreon. This was a Patreon request from our our good patron Matt Schulfer. And uh, if that's something that you like, if you like the fact that you can request an episode for us to do at some point in the future, then well, the best way to do that is to join Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/live and four legs. There are three tiers: the one dollar tier that gets you everything extra content wise and speaking of extra content what's gonna come pretty soon we've got another evolution episode coming (laughs) we've been saying that for weeks but we promise it's like literally being recorded right after we talk about this uh but it's gonna be either like late this week or early next week it's common and it's going to be very good because those are our favorite episodes to do. So if that's something that for a dollar a month is interesting to you and, and you want to listen to the live story and history of, of hard to imagine an interesting song that kind of got lost for a little while, uh, we have a lot to say about it. So I, th- I think that that's going to be a good one to tune into. And we've done some of those in the past, like present tense and release and rear view mirror and immortality that have all been absolutely fantastic so uh but the five dollar tier is the tier that gets you to request an episode for us to do on a show the ten dollar tier is to donate to our concertpedia page which john to celebrate our concertpedia page we're throwing a party because everybody made it happen we got 100 patrons to join in 2021 uh, we're currently somewhere around the hundred and five hundred and six range. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And before we get to talking about the party, I just want to thank two of the new patrons, Fred blood, who started off as a giggle egg patron and then said, you know what? I would like to, to contribute to the concertpedia. So <laughs> I'm going to up it to the horizon leg. So Fred, awesome. Thank you for coming aboard. That's great. That's that's Fred, great. great Fred's, to have la- you. Fred's last name is a Pearl Jam song. He has to join. Well, every time I see his name, I, I think <laughs> Fred. It's my blood. It's kind of a uh, is it a Chris Bermanism to to think Fred? It's my blood. Like <laughs> it feels stupid, but I feel like every time I see it, I'm like, hmm. that's what I say. But I'm sure I'm not the first person. So yeah. Fred, thanks yeah. for joining, thanks, Michael Fred. Thompson. Michael, you don't have a, a Pearl Jam related name, but you're still very, we're very thankful that you, that you joined up on Patreon as well as yeah, thanks, as a Michael. bonus leg member. And, uh, you know, we treat everybody the same way and we just want you guys to get the content if you're enjoying the content and that's all that matters. So uh, thank you both Fred and Michael, and hopefully both of you guys will be joining the party on June 17th. John, Let's talk about the party a little bit. What are what what's what's going on here? Yeah, we're gonna have you know if, if you guys some of you guys remember if you were at the party we did uh, previously where you know the Christmas party that we did we had Matt's band play if people remember Matt from from the show uh, I think we're gonna have we're gonna have some music by by Matt's band is gonna play they're gonna be doing some Pearl Jam songs and maybe some special surprises. And we're going to have, uh, working on getting some special guests and a special announcement. Yes. Special announcement. Um, I think we can say it. Can we say it? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to give you guys a sneak preview of what we've been doing. Um, so many people have been working so hard 
just writing away on their spare time, just going through some bootlegs and going through their memories of shows and, you know, putting them, putting pen to paper and uh, putting some really, really good stories together. And we've kind of been through now where we're kind of working our way through sort of the lightning bolt tour of the 2014, 2013 years. So we want to give a sneak preview. We're going to really try our best to give you the 2018 and the 2016 years, because we think that's, those are a really good way to start to just show you guys what we've been doing. And, uh, you know, we're, we're proud of it. So, you know, obviously, you know, with, with, with the deep stuff, deep, you know, is, is its own thing. And I don't know if we're like trying to follow in the footsteps of five horizons and, and two feet thick. But I think at this point, like, I'm just happy that we're doing it for ourselves and doing it for the people that are listening to us, because it seems like a lot of people are really interested, want to be involved. And if this becomes a bigger thing, if we go out on tour and we, you know, want to write uh, blog posts and things like that, we'll, we'll think about that. It could be bigger than what it is already, but this is going to be a little sneak preview into something that hopefully we can, we can uh, take advantage of. Yeah. And I'm excited because no, those years haven't been done. You know, you, you can't exactly you can't find those years on, on deep, no one that they weren't available there. You you know, obviously Five Horizons Two Feet Thick never got to those. So these are mm-hmm. something that's gonna be brand new for people to go back and, and read. So yeah, very excited. It's 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 been a lot of fun. It's been a labor of love and yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting to kinda see it come to fruition and you know, we should give a shout out to uh, to Chris Everett who's been working really hard trying yes. to uh, trying to get that going. We 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 definitely thank him for all the hard work and his his crew who's working over there too. Like we we couldn't have done this without them. But yeah, you'll be uh, able to check that out in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. And uh, also how you can go come to the party. Please send us a message. Email us live on fourlegspodcast@gmail.com or message us on social media. Find a way to get there. It's going to probably be we got to create some like some marketing for this and I haven't done that yet, but it's going to start at nine o'clock Eastern time on June 17th. We're going to have a zoom link and just get in touch with us and we, we will make sure the zoom link gets to you. We try not to make this stuff public, maybe on the podcast community group. If you're on that on Facebook, we will post it because it's a private group. So we won't get kind of jerks kind of flying in and out. Maybe we'll post it there, but we're going to try to, you know, keep it as private as possible. But we encourage everybody, patrons, non-patrons, writers for the Concertpedia, non-writers, we would like to see everybody there. So we're excited. It's a party. Matt's band is going to play again. Like we said, special guests and, uh, you know, Excelsior and move on to the next phase of, of this, uh, this podcast that just keeps evolving and keeps growing. So very excited to, to see what comes out of it. Back to the rock. Back to the rock. All right. Says the crowd looks like a giant human birthday cake with all of their phones out. And uh, then Ed busts out a massive joint. And it said it must have been thrown from the crowd. It says that there are some words on it. And it says rock and fucking roll. <laughs> I think you, you can call this a blunt. Like that's more than a joint. This is a. It's just the rolling papers I'm, look like a joint. I'm yeah. not an expert in this, granted, <laughs> but that is a blunt if I've ever seen a blunt. Uh, yeah uh <laughs> like bob marley would be proud of that thing 
Yes, uh, there's there's no doubt about it. That is that is one big big bad voodoo daddy right there. Um, that yeah. So there's some words on it, and it's a uh, you know rock and fucking roll. Spokane loves Pearl Jam, and uh, Ed says this is nowadays. This is what I call a one hitter, and it's actually legal in the state. I can light the fucking thing. Seven, eight years later, it's not legal in every state yet. I, I can't believe that. It's uh, it's decriminalized in Connecticut, but it's not technically legal here yet. Come on. Get on. Yep. Get on your horse. Yep. Uh, but mentions here that this, again, the set list being uh, written by Steve Gleason talks about his family and how people in extraordinary circumstances show how extraordinary that they can be. Introduces Steve and his wife, Michelle, to the crowd, and they get a big, massive ovation. And uh, there's a big chant afterwards, and I believe it's for Dub for Washington State, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, because he went to Washington state. I don't know if that's in Spokane. I could be getting my Washington geography mixed up here, but uh, the crowd is definitely screaming. You dub. I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah. That I remember hearing that and I didn't place it at first, but that makes sense that, that it is. And uh, see, initially I thought it was like a Washington, not a Washington state because Washington's the Huskies. And again, Yukon Huskies, like that's their chant, but uh, it might be for Washington state. I don't know. I know there are a bunch of people out there that know their Washington geography better than us that know their Washington alma maters better than us. So we'll have to, if, we'll have to get that person who goes to every game day and brings the Washington state flag. Exactly. To, yeah. Uh, to get in there with us and let us know. Please get in touch. I I, th- I feel like I know the, who the person is going to be that reaches out, <laughs> and I'll bet money on it. I think okay. his name starts okay. with a D. We'll see. We'll Just see. putting it out there. Uh, so this one out to him, it's a request, but also it's like it's perfect for the setting and perfect for what's been going on with him and his story, his battle. I won't back down. The the classic Tom Petty song that has become enriched in sort of the Pearl Jam lore here as well, especially in the last couple years because of dedications to Tom. But um, here it hadn't been busted out in a, in 201 shows since the two, 2006 Gorge show. So that show, I believe they they broke it out as kind of a a throwback to the hello Tom come down Tom and here you know it's kind of being utilized for a much more emotional moment yeah and this is great because after this it's kind of stuck around Mm -hmm. you know it'll it'll pop up a few times every year kind of had a lot to do with that and i'm sure that you know that gives kind of an added you know weight to it especially after after tom passed and everything like that this this song is is heavy now for for ed to play but yeah this is fantastic i I didn't know that this was the the show that they had brought it back at but yeah this was this was great yeah i think it might be my favorite just ed solo that's not like an Hmm. ed 
that are specific song like uh, a society or something like that because I do love society but like you know with Imagine and uh, sometimes he does I'm a Patriot solo some of those ones I I, I, I would prefer I won't back down I think every single time yeah, yeah. So, uh, Ed addresses Jeff and talks about Jeff uh, inviting a group I think we mentioned this before uh, from his hometown of Big Sandy and said half the town is there that's like 11 people that's not very nice, but it's also the truth. And that gets us into a song that Jeff wrote, Nothing As It Seems, back-to-back with footsteps. I have a really interesting point about these two back-to-back. These can be two very moody songs or very, like, kind of aggressive sing-alongs. And I thought it was really interesting that they went one direction with one and then went the other one with the other. Nothing as it seems is like the aggressive, like atmospheric anthem in this. And then Footsteps that follows is a little bit more moody, a little bit more sullen. I thought that that was very interesting that A, they weren't flip-flopped to get Nothing as it seems to go into Severed Hand to kind of, to kind of build to that. But also that, that Footsteps was kind of the one to be a little bit more moody. Yeah, and that's, I think that's, and nothing as it seems, seem, you know, it feels like it's a weird choice for, for right here, but that's that's Gleason giving, giving saw Mike that. another chance to to kind of step up in the spotlight and give him, a, give him a moment. We saw that in Memphis. Yeah. That was right yeah. there. But yeah, very, very good. This nothing as it seems is fantastic. Like, I don't know if, if Mike was kind of, playing off of the emotion of I won't back down or like looking at, at Steve while he was playing like feeling that but he always seems to channel something when Gleason's in the building and this is no exception fantastic version of the thing as it seems and I you know at first it was kind of like a little jarring coming after I won't back down because you expect like a future days you expect to just breathe or something and to get this is kind of like oh, okay interesting right and but that's, it, that's it works it, it absolutely does. I, I really do like this version of Nothing as it yeah. seems. I, I yeah. think I would have liked if they were flip-flopped because I thought that Footsteps would have yeah. kind of taken the energy of I Won't Back Down and would have built into the energy of Nothing as it seems. Well, that's the, more, you... that's the more traditional way to do it that they normally do it. But I think I think you're onto something too because you, know, you mentioned Footsteps being a little more moody. I mm-hmm. think Nothing as it seems maybe rubbed off on Footsteps a little bit. Possibly. This feels like he's kind of pumped and electric from the beginning, and this kind of is a jolt of energy instead of sort of a uh, sort of a downer. Okay, yeah, I can go with that. So, uh, but both very good moments. I, I think nothing as it seems is definitely, you know, might be discussed later. No complaints from me here. Ed dedicates the next one to whoever threw the big fat joint up here, Mister Haircut Guy. Make your way over. Before he gets a haircut, maybe he should get spayed or neutered. That was that, that's a joke for you right there. <laughs> well, he says he says spayed, and, and then, then he like looks around like wait or maybe is that neutered. the right one? Which is the gender <laughs> neutered spayed? I think in this case it would be neutered. Right. 
Uh, oh, but did you hear the reference to uh, the old school reference? Did you hear him say who he thought it was? Did you catch that? Oh, no, I didn't. What would he say? He says, is that L. Steiner? <laughs> a, sh- a shout out to our to the episode we did with the Freels that you guys did oh. where you talked about their 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 buddy L. Steiner from e- from the early 90s. Ed goes, is that L. Steiner? Yeah, okay. I didn't I didn't put two and two together, but that's yeah. a really good catch. Wow. <laughs> Look, that kind of preps you for something. It it's coming. It it's a give us two seconds and we'll get there kind of deal. But uh something that they don't play in the encore very often, severed hand. It feels like it feels refreshing here. It, you know, when you get severed hand in two thousand six, it's usually part of that early like get you going off the brand new album kind of thing like let's get worldwide suicide in the severed hand into comatose at every yeah. single show but they weren't playing severed hand as much probably maybe the most of any avocado song next to like a comeback or something or life wasted but here it feels like it's kind of got a new life for itself yeah sounded good and again one of the best live songs on that record yeah, for sure. And, and a record I don't love that much. So, yeah, I think it. it this is a like it's it's just part of this kind of like really unusual beginning of this encore where you have <laughs> it's very unusual. You have I won't back down, come back for the first time since 2006. Then you have nothing as it seems, footsteps, severed hand. Which on on paper you're like, well, that's gonna be weird. Like that doesn't make sense. But then it all kind of works together somehow. Right, they figure, yeah, they figure it out, and and I guess that that's just the way that like it's just unconventional, and, and Gleason is obviously not going out there and making set lists every night. He's just like, hey, I love these songs, and I would love to hear it here. Yeah. Let's do it, and Ed's just saying, you're the boss, man. Let's, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm sure Ed helped them in some spots, and maybe said like, if we want to hear this, it doesn't work up here, and we need a guitar. Uh, for this later that's working off this I, whatever it is but uh, Severed Hand in the Encore is very refreshing and very fun to hear there's a really good mic solo in it the band feels like they're they're, they're back into the set now and, and kind of get a jolt of energy but remember from earlier the crowd elected Mr. Stone Gossard to take over so he is and he addresses them and says he's speechless but he's gonna sing one they haven't done it in a while so it's out of practice a while is 165 shows. Hey, that's a stat, by the way, that you can get yourself. You can go and check that out on livefootsteps.org because all of the stats that we get are directly from them and because they do a fantastic job. When I say they, I mean Dave. Dave is the master of all this. He keeps things in such a, like, you know, we talk about how we want to keep the constant chronology and kind of keep these stories out there. That's a really good compliment to what we're doing. I must go to live footsteps like six times a day. That's how much I, I utilize what he does. So I'm looking at it right now. Right. Like you gotta, you gotta use this stuff, figure out your show stats and, and how many times you've seen certain songs and how many times those songs have been utilized in different places. You can do so many different things. At one day, like we'll invite him back on the show. We'll do a full tutorial again because it's been a while since we've done that. But uh, again, check that out. And I feel like that was a good time to mention it because it's such a rare one. Don't give me no lip comes instead of mankind. So that's very exciting. 
Uh, not since 2006. It seemed like the Australia tour was the last time they busted it out. And for having no practice on it, just kind of going on the fly, and, and this was obviously not on the set list. You know, right. Gle- Gleason, Gle- we'll get to Gleason's actual choices here in just a sec. For coming up with it off the fly, it sounded pretty damn good. You know, they didn't really know how to end it, it but it was really fun. Yeah, yeah, it, it sounded great. And like Stone and Ed doing some harmonies, Ed like kind of joining in there. Yeah, it sounded, Ed got sounded excited. Great. Yeah, and I think it, it came, it comes down to, you know, which one do they know more? And like Mankind is obviously a harder song for them to play. Sure. It's got a little, the changes are a little more complicated. Don't give me no lip, it's a little more straightforward. So I feel like they can they can pull that one out with no practice and it sound a little better. So I feel like that's why that was the choice here. But yep. I always, I always prefer, I would love to get Mankind someday. I always wish they would play Mankind more. But yeah, again, great. And stone singing sounds great. Stage is being set up after this. Here we go. This is the moment of the night. Let's spend a minute or two on it. The dreadlocked fan, I believe his name is Sean. I believe he said his yep. name was Sean. Right. And Ed mentions the last time they did this was back in 1998 where they shaved the dude's mullet in Detroit. They're building the drama here. And he gets on stage and he's just like, all he wants to do is just headbang to the song one more time with his dreads. And then Ed kind of touches the dreads. He's like, whoa, these are... These are like paintbrushes. You can use them for different things. I've actually never really seen a head of hair like that in my entire life. I've seen really? dreads, but I don't think I've seen them that long. Those huh. were freaking big. Well, you did not go to college in Athens, Georgia, my friend. No, I didn't. <laughs> not, did not. Yeah. Sorry. Is, long, I, long Island doesn't, doesn't quite get yeah. that crazy. I think there was some discussion, too, about... Were they gonna Were they gonna cut them before they played the song, and were they gonna right. do it during? And and then God's like, no, like I wanna, I wanna Head hear bang. the song. Like you got it. They've got to. He's like, no, you got to play the song first. Right. That's that's the deal. And then you get to cut them off. Like you gotta, you gotta, I gotta get the payoff first. And yeah, it's it's a great moment. One of one of the one of the most iconic like fan interaction moments. himself a hell of a time 
rocking out with Brandon <laughs> J. And uh, flying, you know, that hair's flying everywhere. It's flying everywhere. And Ed kind of, you know, they go into the bridge and Ed kind of sits him down. And during the, the name they gave me part, he's like, all right, it's time. Let's get these off and start shaving. Well, he, has, he has to get his attention. Like, the, he can't, like, the guy's like, Sean's like, rock. He's like, Ed has to be like, no, so we're, we're going to do it now. Like, we're, right. are you ready? Like, this, he has to kind of, like, stop him. Yeah, oh, it's it's classic. It's tricky for Ed, too, because it's not like Ed's a freaking barber or anything. He's, like, got to figure his way through this maze oh, of air. Oh, shout out to the techs who, like, get Seriously. the extension cord and the, there's a yeah. like, the clippers and, like, that's, yeah. That's, Where is that backstage? They had to go, they had to go find that, like, in from, yeah, very who the hell nice, had, nice job by the techs there. Who the hell had an electric razor sitting around? Right. right. So they just have, like, this, like, big box of just random goodies that somebody's got to trim Ed's beard <laughs> I suppose uh, alright so Brandon J and then after Brandon J here's where everything comes off and they start to jam a little bit this is uh, I, I guess it's called the the cut my dreads jam I've, I've seen it called yeah yeah I like to it call it the barbershop blues I think yeah, the Jeff, Jeff blues just kind of cool. starts playing like a kind of simple kind of blues riff and then right. Mike joins in and Stone joins in. Yeah. Mike's taking Polaroids. Mike's, he doesn't, oh, he doesn't the even Polaroids want to play. Great. Right. He's coming over and taking pictures. I think he hands the guy a Polaroid. Yep. Like, here, here, this is for you to remember. Yeah. But the, the best part, I think, is Ed's. There's, there's one thread <laughs> that's like very large. <laughs> And you, you hear, you can hear Ed, like you can see him He's mouthing words. Like, it's not coming off. He's looking around like, it's not coming off, guys. Like, I don't know what to do. But he eventually gets it off. And yeah. This, it looks like a damn bull rope. Yeah. Like, that's, it is massive. Yeah. And at one point, you see, like, one is just, like, hanging on the microphone stand there. Yeah, he, he had hung it on the on the mic stand right and then he was like there's like 14 of these they're not gonna all fit here so he just started throwing them on the floor and i guess and again the techs like set up they had set up like trash bags or some kind of mat down to like right collect all their like very amazing job by the techs here they made mm-hmm. this thing happen so sean comes out of it with less than a gorgeous so head hair. of hair <laughs> but he's yeah he's thrilled because he got the dream of a lifetime to yeah be up close and front row to get his head shaved on stage like literally he did it he did the dream as they say goodbye ed mentions like all right we're gonna play a song that you can headbang without all that weight on your head and he's like oh wait here's all this 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 hair this is yours please take this with you i don't know what they did with it yeah the text come out out yeah the texts have to come out and clean up sean at least had one strand yeah he at least had one strand in his hand. But that gets us into Go, which I thought was an absolute perfect song because he says, here's one you can headbang to. It's the ultimate headbanging song. And it's also Don't Go On Me Now. Like, that's got to be a reference to, hey, you just shaved his head. Like, that's part of him. A big part of him just left him. So that's kind of a, a play on words a little bit. However, Don't Give Me No Lip, Brain of Jay, this little jam, which is pretty much an extension of Brain of Jay, and Go were not on the set list. Steve Gleason did not pick this, these songs. Do you know what songs he picked? And there are going to be some people out there that are collectors, that are lovers, that are in there from the beginning that are going to be a little bit that they didn't get these two. Leash and Alone. 
kind of do some deciphering. You have to kind of read through the crossouts a little bit. Ooh. I think Gone was on there as well. That would Gone so was cool. before yeah. Footsteps. Yeah, yeah, that would have been nice. But uh, yeah, I, look, you're getting a big, massive moment like this that we've been talking about for probably about ten minutes now. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's worthy of of getting those songs crossed off and play another day. Like Ed says a million times in the show, oh, we're coming back, we're coming back. Spoiler, they have not come back to, to Spokane, but right. maybe that's on their mind when they do. So, Go is great, fantastic, headbanging, with hair, without hair, doesn't matter, you're headbanging to it. And then you finish off the set with just two of my favorites, two of this show's, like, the, the songs that we just have crushes on, Black Rearview Mirror, like, we never say anything bad about them. And we won't for, hear. For good reason. Not for good all. reasons, because yeah. they're fantastic. Yeah, and you're hitting, hitting hard at the end of the song core, yeah. I thought to myself, they have to have done this, like, hundreds of times, right? 36 times from 1993 to 2018 that they've had this combination. That's it. Wow. That feels wow. pretty, pretty low, pretty light. But that yeah. makes it that much more special. For a long time, you know, Rearview Mirror was early, and they would always say Black Terminator. Right. So it's only that it's only kind of later on that they kind of like merge toward each other in the in the back part of the of the shows. But yeah, that's surprising. But yeah, two fantastic versions again. Like we, we talked about the crowd on on once in present tense, and I went back down, and this is another one where the, the crowd just takes over and just a mirror, uh, especially. Yeah, and another amazing Mike Solo in black and. A little bit of the forgive, forget, improv, and rearview mirror, which is always cool. So yeah, these two back to back here, fantastic. It did seem like at the end of rearview that Ed was out of gas just a little bit. There was just some a little bit. This was a long The nine songs plus a haircut, you know. Yeah. I I totally get that. So we going encore two here. So this is the last little chunk of the set and. Uh, Boy, we can we can just glance over some things. We're not going to we spend can... an hour on local Spokane politics. No, I don't think so. But <laughs> the, the "Given a Fly" was Bob's song, and "Given a Fly" was a nice little performance. And uh, look, we're we'll 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 give "Given a Fly" its due another another day, even though he does reference that joint that was thrown on stage. He kind of right. smoked right. his joint in a tree, and uh, I think that got a little pop from the crowd. Okay, so. Ed mentions that Gleason's still playing DJ, and uh, this one is a request. Um, however, we have a little bit of a problem here. In 2010, May 15th was the date. May 15th, 2010. I know exactly what I did that day. I remember everything I did that day. Actually, I remember it so much that I shared it on an episode probably two years ago to the day that long ago you can go back in our archives and you can listen to Hartford 2010 and everything that was going on with my life at that time which is not very interesting but Ed said at that show he makes his whole big point to say this next song is an OTOTO and at that time that was my third show what the fuck is an OTOTO and you know, they address, uh, I think, the UConn women's basketball team that was on this massive, massive win streak at the time. And, they, I mean, they're basically champions every single year. And uh, that was something that Jeff had addressed and said, like, let's do it for that. And I think they were going over it in soundcheck, and they were thinking, oh, we're feeling this. Let's, let's do this. And they did it. 
we get to this year, 2013, this is three years later, and they're back in the XL Center. We don't get a lot of great show. I haven't been to, outside of the two Pearl Jam shows, I haven't been to too many XL Center shows. They're usually like Bruno Mars kind of stuff. I just don't go. So it's very exciting when we do get once to town. So that night, that was my last, the 2013 show, that was my last of that tour. And that one was so good and so special and so much fun. And the crowd that was so good in 2010 was just elevated about like 10 to 20 times. It was so powerful in, to be in that crowd and to feel every single moment, every single song felt like it was on fire. We have not done that episode yet, but damn it, we need to soon. And two other Hartford shows are needed, need to be fulfilled as requests, so we're not getting to it at any point soon. However, in the encore, pretty much the same spot that they did in 2010. They're like, all right, well, we did it three years ago. Why not? Let's do it again. And they did it. They used the eruption solo before it, but ain't talking about love. Two times. The one thing that Hartford could have to itself that made it special in Pearl Jam's little discography of, of, of concerts. And that felt good because I didn't really have a lot of other things, and I still don't, that connect me to the state of Connecticut that I've been living in for about 12 years now. There's not much, there's not much going on here, you know? But I had a, a little Van Halen song that I could say that had been played nowhere else. A month later, look, I'm not saying that Gleason's wrong for putting it on the set. However, all due respect to him, he had full right to, to see that Hartford show and see how incredible that moment was and see how incredible the Hartford crowd reacted to it for a second time. Imagine the first time, fantastic. The second time was explosive, would pay millions to relive that. And he said, I want that for Spokane. I don't blame him for wanting it for Spokane, but I do blame the band for, for agreeing to it. Why? That's not Spokane's song. They got their song. It was in class today. That, my friends, is Hartford's song. No question about it. I don't know if I'm mad that they played it. I don't know if I'm like, I'm, I am disappointed. I'm disappointed that it had to had to kind of be spoiled because, you know, the one-time, one-time only thing, that's, that's, that's special. That should be sacred. When you think of those songs, you know, you got something called the Yeasty Girls, the Yeasty Rap, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeast, they East never Power, did. East Power by the Yeasty Girls. That They never did that again. They never did that again. I thought that that would be this, yet it was not. However... For the first time on Live on Four Legs podcast history, we are abstaining from discussing a song. No, I think we need to talk about it. I reject. And you know what I'll even do? (laughs) I'm going to play Eruption right now. And after Eruption's done, I'm going to retool the set list and a live is going to come after Eruption. So it'll be like it never, ever happened. Ever.
was just a Mandela effect. Wash your memory from it, Spokane people. I don't hate you. I don't hate you. I have nothing, nothing against you. It's just our song. Well, I think it's you guys should have uh, got unless, hard for teachers. Unless you can get like it, that. unless you can get it removed off of live footsteps, I think it's still going to count. Unfortunately, well, well, uh, it can uh, it, it can say. count elsewhere, but it's not counting on this show. Mm. We do yeah, things different you, over here. You hate this. I got and, bad blood towards it, and it's it's too bad that your that your your town has to have a song that sucks. Because this is, <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm not a Van Halen fan, so I don't really care. Is, it's the this, idea this, of it. Yeah, this whole like Pearl Jam doing butt rock, like the Van Halen thing. I, I, I was prepared to come on here and talk about how much I love this, just to troll you and to make you angry. But I can't. I don't like this. I don't <laughs> no, like don't. Van Halen. I don't. This doesn't do anything for me. I don't think it's them at their best. I don't think it's it serves any purpose at all. I don't care about you know what what so we can city abstain. it belongs to, um, but it's I just don't it just doesn't do anything for me. I, I think we can abstain. I don't like it. So yeah, that 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 that's it. Um, doesn't count on this show, but uh, look, you can you can write your hate mail to me, and you can address it to me, and I will write back with exactly two fingers, and I don't have to tell you which fingers they are. They're not my thumbs, so. We have a lot of Connecticut listeners, too, that are going to either agree with me or just laugh at this. So, <laughs> like I said, Connecticut doesn't have jack shit. Let us have a Van Halen song. That's what we're that's what we're trying to grasp to here. Spokane, that's, I know you didn't have that's a show. Fair. You didn't have a show for 20 years. But, man, you you got like Tremor Christ and you got Stone to sing. And, and they've got, got Jeremy. Jeremy Spokane. That, like, Jeremy that's their does, song. Yeah, that's your song. Yeah, you got Jeremy. The, the one that everybody's heard. Yeah. But, I mean, everybody's heard this Van Halen it's, song, too. It's so. actually a Pearl Jam song, not that, some right. random cover song. Right. All right. Mandela Effect. Wash your memory of it. Never happened. Eruption into a live. It ends a live Ledbetter. And there's no there's no Baba or Rockin' in the Free World, which leads to kind of a weird thing at the end of Ledbetter where, like, randomly Ed's just thrown the tambourines kind of as they're finishing the song. They're like, oh, oh yeah, we do that. I, we yeah, forgot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's something, okay, you're, you usually do that during the covers. But I thought this was actually a very, very solid version of Alive. Like, it felt like the the extension at the end, the jam at the end with Ed going into the crowd and, and, and hanging out there and the band just kind of vibing off it. I, th- I thought that was a pretty cool extension there. I thought they did a good job of that. Yeah, there's a good there's a good energy on stage after the after the whole you know eruption solo yeah into, mm-hmm. into Brandon eruption, J, so, into, eruption solo gets into, people going you're right yeah into the uh, yeah there's a there's just it's just kind of a party atmosphere so yeah they're kind of feeding off that and that's that's when you know that's when your 2010s versions of, of these songs are going to be best when you're just of having fun and not taking it you know, too seriously and really the best thing about this is uh, reminiscent of Voodoo Fest. Mike going up to Gleason yeah. at the end of Live Better and just serenading him and gives him a big hug, big kiss on the forehead and like, oh man, like he's very transparent about what he's going through and I, and like I I I don't like I don't feel bad for him. I feel good for him. I feel good that he's able to to be that kind of person 
that's a role model for this. That's going through something incredibly difficult that affects every single thing that he does daily. That I think he even tweeted something the other day saying, like, you know, he's essentially, like, pisses and, and shits his pants constantly. Like, and he's open about that stuff because, like, what if this happens to, to somebody or somebody that you love? Yeah. yeah. Like, it just and prepares you for all that. It's kind of amazing, too. Like, he's still alive. Like he's yeah he's still he's still going when they did he's, he's the exceeding ESPN, expectations every when, every day is a win for him when they did the ESPN documentary they said like max five years yeah that and that's ten why years I, ago uh eight yeah, yeah it was uh it was 2013 and yeah. like he did his own documentary I I haven't mm-hmm. watched it but I definitely should I I mean it's gonna be you know it's gonna be tear inducing I'm sure but like. Yeah, all all credit goes out to him. He's an incredible role model, and what he's done, the legacy that he's he's left on this earth, is going to be extremely important. And um, he's a especially, yeah, especially for people that don't understand the battles that that he's going through. We love Steve Gleason, and and he's actually listened to the show before, and uh, I suggested that he listened to the Wrigley show when, when we did it. And maybe I'll send him a tweet suggesting and asking for him to listen to this one because, uh, uh, and we, we don't hate the, uh, the, the pick that you made. We, we, <laughs> it, it's Hartford, man, it's Hartford. So, you know, he, he's sending, he's sending you the two fingers right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're moving on to our moments here. Let's let's pick our top three favorites from this show. Well, for what me, I think have? it's yeah. I think it's ain't talking about love. It's just all three straight up. No, 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 no questions asked. That's that's my. So that's you don't have any three. moments because it never happened. <laughs> oh, I couldn't resist. It's so good. Um, no, give me. Uh, Give me a won't back down. Give me a tremor, Christ, and give me uh, give me a brain of Jay. I can't wait to we'll, until we do the Mansfield show, is where he says, uh, "Oh, you guys are better than Atlanta." I can't wait until we yep. do that because oh, you're coming. gonna yeah because you're gonna be on that same platform. You're gonna be doing the same shit that I was doing today. Maybe we'll see. No, you will. Uh, all right, my three. I mean, the brain of Jay moment is uh, probably tops. Um, really love nothing as it seems from this show. And what else did I really like? I really like Tremor Christ. I really like the lightning bolt version of this I show. You're gonna do some after hours in there. Oh yeah, after hours, absolutely. Yep. Uh, you know what? Because it kind of, I'm just sort of looking at the titles here, and it was mixed in with others. But uh, a- a- absolutely, top three after hours for for sure. Rating wise, uh. Look, yeah, I think in, it is tough, and I think that a specific thing keeps it from being higher than it could be uh, for hmm. me. Well, I wonder what that is. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't thing. really love. I didn't really love the the getaway into present tense deal. Uh-huh. Like it, it uh-huh. wasn't, you know, right. sirens. Right. Mm-hmm. It was kind of out of place, and like mm-hmm. those things really, really bother yeah, me. Too, too many a lot of songs. Sense. Too many ten songs. Mm. Yeah. yeah, just not not into it. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. No, this is a this is a solid nine. Very good. I mean, a couple of a couple of missed opportunities with the you know the it's obviously not an ad set list, so you're not going to get the same flow that you normally get, and it's not going to lead up to those big moments. But some some great stuff. So I'm you giving know, it a giving it a nine. 
you know, it, it could have been, they could have done something really cool. They could have, like, played a song after Eruption in, uh, going into a live. I think that that would have been really, yeah, that, that, that would have made the show song? really good. Yeah, some kind of cover, like, maybe yeah. from an 80s band that has, like, a mm-hmm. ridiculous lead singer. But, mm-hmm. ah, man, I don't know what song that could be. But maybe like a hot for teacher or hot for teacher would Panama be perfect. Ah, uh, yeah, jump. Yeah. I, anyway, I'm I'm not give, I'm not going into the nine territory because of that. Uh, I'm like, I was like eight eight and a half. Um, I you feel know, like I, that I'm gonna bump mine up last... to nine. I'm gonna bump mine up to nine and a half. Just to you troll can't you. do that no, because you can't because do that. it ain't talking about love. Nine no, and a half. No, you can't you, book it dead. on the record. You, you nine can't and a half. What are you, are you going to make me give the show a zero? Are you? No, I like this show. I'm going to give the show an eight and a half. Okay. Yeah, th- this was this was this was a good listen. Um, important from the aspect of, like we said, it's a hometown series show. Part of this because in their home state, the second most popular city in their home state, they hadn't been to in 20 years. So. Pretty important that they get there. Pretty important some of the stuff that comes out of it. The fan interactions, uh, the the eruption solo into a live, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, eight and a half is very solid. I, I think it's, especially the West Coast leg, it's definitely one of the better West Coast leg shows from 2013. Uh, this at least has something. And it's after hours. So, Speaking of after hours, we spent many talking on this show, and uh, that means it's it's time for us to say goodbye. But before we do, let's tee up our last week talking about and kind of promoting the years on the Deep website. So this is the last one, and we actually weren't going to do a show from 2008 because we had done one like a month or two ago. We did uh, Columbia, South Carolina. So we went through and we looked at 2008. We've done a lot of 2008. Uh, A lot of those shows have been requested. Uh, We did the Madison Square Garden series years ago. So there's a lot that, uh, that we've gotten under our belt. But one that we haven't done, which seems like the best of the bunch, is Washington, D.C., we mentioned hard to imagine the evolution of hard to imagine is coming up very soon. That show opens up with that. So it's a good connection into that. I think there's some rare stuff. It, it was, it, it's probably one of the longer ones from that tour. So uh, it's a good one. And look, if you want to be ahead of the curve, go and listen to that on deep.pearljam.com before you listen to us and uh, then be part of the party. That's where we really get things cooking. And that's the best way to utilize live on four legs. So that's what we'll be doing next week. Remember, we got a party coming up pretty soon, June 17th. If you want to come, send us a message. You know where we are on email, live on four legs podcast and gmail.com on social media at live on four legs pod on Twitter, Facebook, find us anywhere. Just search the name. Easy to find. You know who I am. You know who John is. You can message us. We're easy, easygoing people. And we like to talk, especially about Pearl Jam. So join our discord, join our discord. Yes. Just reach out and ask to join the Discord because putting the link out there does nothing. But, uh, yeah, that is another thing that is available to you. So, let's close this one out. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already, and I miss you always. Thanks for tuning in, and... uh, Thanks for letting me ramble on you a little bit. But if you're listening in and you haven't subscribed to the show, 
hey, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and hit that subscribe button. Maybe give us a five-star rating on Apple. Leave us a little comment. If you do leave us a comment, we'll talk about you on the show, and we'll read your comment on the show, and we'll thank you on the show. So a lot of things going on, a lot of things to do. We got we got stuff to prepare for. We got Evolution stuff. We got DC, and, and I'm going to go back and listen to a show from 2013 called Hartford because they did – Something really special there that they would never do again. I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to go listen to that right now. So until I'm done with that, I'll see you then. Spoke Anarchy. Ladies and gentlemen of Hartford, Connecticut. There's something we say around these, uh, in our group. It's, it's uh, we say, O-T-O-T-O. One time, one time, one time only. What we're gonna do, this is the, we ain't doing it again, and we ain't gonna, uh, somehow it came up, it sound checked, and, and, and I was like, oh man, we, we should do that, I'm feeling it. And Jeff said immediately, we should find a doctor to cure me of this feeling before somebody gets hurt. But there's a reason to play it, and a reason to play it here. And uh, Jeff tells me, he's the expert, but Jeff tells me that your women's basketball team is some of the most badass women ever to walk the hardwood. And that you've won 90-something games in a row or something, and that you've won three championships in a row, and you've crushed everyone that's come into this building. So. We'd like to dedicate this one to them. Yeah, you may-
ain't got time to fuck around Hey, you got to take the three point, baby Hey, you got to take the three point, baby 